Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the LBC Podcast, where we explore Christian theology and practice for the building up of God's family. I'm your host today, John Harold, Worship Director here at LBC, and joining me in the little studio, if we want to call it that, uh, is the rest of our LBC Podcast team, back at it again. So we have Leslie Carroll. Hello. We have Kristen Sabalka. Hi. Eric Roundson. Hi. And of course, as always, faithful Elijah, pushing the buttons, watching the levels, keeping the trains on the track. Yes. Thank you, Elijah. Always good. Hey, I am flying right now because as we're recording this, it's about 1240 in the afternoon on a Sunday. We've just had around like 700 people on campus at least uh, praising God, worshiping, singing loud. We've heard the word preached. I was thoroughly convicted. I don't know about y'all. There was just lots of great things happening, good fellowship, even sitting around this table uh, talking before we get started. It's just fun. It's fun to be around God's people. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. We're talking about prioritizing the Sunday gathering. Why is it important that we come to church? Why is it important that we teach our kids that it's important to come to church? Well, as we're going to explore that, we're going to start off just by noting you know, all the statistics right now are pointing to the fact that less and less professing Christians see church attendance as something that's important. And so we want to kind of address that, address what are some of the issues of of why uh, we're not valuing the gathering like we have in the past, and what are maybe some solutions to help us understand uh, and to help us to get to church and bring our kids to church and show them the, the importance of that. So that's what we're going to be tackling today. And we've got a lot of different perspectives in the room, which is a lot of fun because we've got, you know, Leslie and Kristen who are moms with little ones. I think there's 14 kids we counted. Yeah, that's a lot. It feels Between like 50, all four of us. It's 14, yeah. feels like 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even, even better. You know, I, I'm in kind of a unique position because uh, when I come to church, it's like, typically 5 a.m. and my kids are sound asleep and my wife is sound asleep and it's kind of a mystery what happens in my home on Sunday mornings. That's but true. They, you really escape the whole they magically uh, just appear dynamic. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure it's just peaceful and yeah. perfect. It's we should perfect. have invited Kristen's Kristen to this podcast uh, to my hear wife, her side. <laughs> my wife, Kristen, I'm sure has it under control and yeah, everything's, she does. everything's perfect, right? Probably not. That's probably not the case. It's definitely not how my house works. I can tell you that. What's it, what's it, what's it like for you guys? It's a getting, tornado getting your family, get your, your kids out. It's, mm-hmm. it's what? It's a tornado wrapped in a hurricane. <laughs> it's a whirlwind, always. To get your family oh, to yeah, church. Yeah. It doesn't, it, well, to get all the little kids ready, outfit changes. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a struggle for... You can, you can have three hours before church starts, but it's still always a rush to get there. You'll mm-hmm. still be late, no matter yeah. what. No matter what time you wake up. The yeah. last 15 minutes are still the same, no matter mm-hmm. how early you start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, don't you? I mean, you okay. have like a I've been holding on to this story. Uh-huh. I do, and I've been holding on to it for this podcast. So I really <laughs> buckle <laughs> up. I, I've been really didn't want to forget it. Okay, so I had Isley at my house, my with, daughter, with my Kristen's so daughter, with my probably two girls, fault. and she had spent the night. No, it was not her fault. Um, she had spent the night the night before. So it's Sunday morning, and this is back in. It's still cold out. It was probably maybe like March ish. That's how long I've been. Hanging on to the story for it. Um, so all three girls, we fed them breakfast, and they're dressed, ready to go. So they ask, they come in and go, hey, can we jump on the trampoline before we go? And I'm like, uh, 
okay, yeah, but just please don't get dirty. We're leaving in five minutes. Like, literally, I'm finishing up, and we're going to go. And they're like, okay, okay. And so they might have asked if they could have, like, had an addition to the trampoline, and I was like, yeah, whatever, just don't, don't get dirty. I'm not totally sure on that part. But so all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, it's time to go. So I look out my my bedroom window faces to the backyard. So I peek out the window, and I see them, all three of them, on the trampoline. They have gallon Ziploc bags on their feet. Of course. <laughs> all of them. And then they have soaked the trampoline. Keep in mind, it's winter, so it's cold out. They have <laughs> turned on the hose, soaked the trampoline, it's soaking wet. And then they got the Dawn dish soap from under the sink. So no. they are, quote, unquote, Classic. cleaning the trampoline. Cleaning the trampoline. They were, like, ice skating on it in these gallon Ziploc bags. Dressed in their Sunday Literally best. five minutes before mm-hmm. we're walking out the door for church. And so I go out there, and I try not to be, like, super grumpy because Isley was over, <laughs> and I want her to Good return in the future yes. mm-hmm. and not terrify her. But I was like, you guys, what what, what are we doing here? Oh, we're just cleaning the trampoline. And I'm like, so they're wet. Now they're wet at this point, and now it's time to go and soapy. But to be fair, that's the opposite of dirty. Oh, yeah, so, it was just so, like, I and mean, so I followed the rules. I was yeah. like, I was ticked because, for one, one thing about me is I hate to do the same thing more than one once in a row. That so fish. it's like, I don't think that's just you. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, it was very inconvenient to be like, now we have to dress you a second time mm-hmm. in the five minutes that now we are leaving for church. And not to mention that everything is full of soap suds and there's Ziploc bags strewn everywhere and the whole thing. And I was just like, you guys, why? In my head, I'm just like, why are we doing this now? And I even said to him, and they're like, why are you so mad? And I wanted to be like, like, hello. But I was like, for one thing, this was just not the time for this. <laughs> you know, like maybe I'm fine with this at a different time. But we're all dressed, ready for church, leaving. And now you guys are soaked in soap sets. Anyway, it's all coming back to me now and I'm getting mm-hmm. mad all over again. Yeah, I know. But yeah. we get here. Deep breaths. I know. Come but on. it's like, but it was one of those Sunday mornings where I got here, the whole ride in the car, I was ticked. Like I was yeah. sitting in mm-hmm. there and... um the sanctuary, and I looked over at Ken and my husband, and I go, I am still so mad, and I cannot let it go. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot, like, the worship songs are going, and I'm just like, what in the world? Like, these kids. And I was, like, just irritated for the entire yeah. service. The entire yeah. service. I really was. And now thinking back, I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. But at that time, yeah. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like, right. why? Yeah. You know? What are we doing here? So that's that was one of that's rough. Yeah, let's blame the, that on my kids. It was not. It was surely my <laughs> girl's idea. But so it was just yeah, like, that threatens to undo. I'm sure we were late then too. Yeah. After you that. missed the four songs. Yeah, that start out. We only caught yeah. the first two songs, which I was fuming through anyway. Yes. So I blacked out because I was so mad. I never heard any of them. <laughs> one of my favorite um, memories that my husband was reminding me of last night is that there was a Sunday morning where my husband Joe spent the entire Sunday morning service in the car with one of our children (laughs) while he worked through the fact that he would not get out of the car in the pair of shoes that he had in the car. (laughs) And so the entire (laughs) service was spent with Joe and our child sitting in the car because he didn't like his shoes. Oh, okay. And Joe tried a number of disciplinary tactics (laughs) in that time, but just... The entire service was spent wow. in the car. One yeah. of the best times. Yeah. 
Do you mm-hmm. feel like a lot of the things that really keep us from church is our children? So, I mean. <laughs> oh, you know, for, for those listening, that is the season of life yeah. that I think yeah, all of us yep. are in at the yeah, moment. Yeah, little, having little kids and, and getting, I think, out the door. I mean, school starts at the same time every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it seems like that's always a struggle sometimes, yeah. too. Um, not, not every day, but, you know, some days more than others. And, and I think church is one of those those things. But that brings us back to the, the importance of you know, how do we prioritize Sundays and church for our families um, and even teaching our kids, um, you know, so hopefully as they get older, they see the value and the importance of Sundays and what it is for. Um, It is for us, but it's also, it's also God's church is Christ's church um, and being a part of that. So Mm -hmm. it's a balance of the spiritual and the practical preparation because, you know, as a little bit more mature believer than my kids i want to prepare spiritually but the reality is i won't be able to prepare spiritually if i haven't prepared practically Mm -hmm. for my kids and so in very early years of parenting i thought that maybe i could just you know let everyone go and choose their outfits and they'd be fine and i learned Mm -hmm. quickly that that creates pandemonium and so even thinking through questions like it, now I know that it's better for my kids to choose the night before or for me mm-hmm. to have a really clear understanding of the type of thing they feel comfortable even wearing to church and preparing that ahead of time so that we're not having the conversation 20 minutes before we walk out the door. But then coupled with the fact that, you know, for a long time I didn't know what it necessarily looked like to spiritually prepare, but my husband and I now will read the passage mm-hmm. that the pastor's going to preach on. We'll read it together in the morning just to have it already ruminating that's in our great. minds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that's really, I think kind of the opposite of how things seem to be trending. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who's been attending LBC, uh, for the last few years, really since COVID, you'll notice, well, LBC seems to be growing and we are, we're experiencing a really good season of growth as, as, as a church right now. And that's exciting. So you might be thinking, well, why then, why are we talking about this? If got a lot of people coming to church. Well, the the trend seems to be going the other direction as we look at the church in America. Um, evangelicalism is declining in that sense of people valuing going to church uh, more and more. All of the statistics, all of the studies uh, are, are showing right now that less and less professing followers of Jesus Christ go to church. It used to be uh, that, you know, the majority would go once a month, and that was considered regular attendance, which I don't even buy that, to be honest, wow. right. um, according to what Scripture teaches us that we're going to see. Uh, but the, even even that has fallen off, that you're lucky for a lot of believers if they're going to show up at the church at all for the year. And there's there's a whole host, I mean, we could have a whole other podcast on why is that happening, and, you know, uh, does that mean that they were never really of us? You know, all of that sort of stuff. We could That's, that's, that's a whole other podcast. What we want to do is we want to focus in here and talking about why is it important at all that we gather. All of this kind of came to a head with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, we all recognized, you know, it, in, even I'm, I'm proud of our church. Even before that, I, I remember Pastor Eric really hammering the point of you need to gather. You need to be with people. You need to be in community. That, that church has a much higher purpose than just putting on a show so that you'll give us tithe money or whatever. Um, that's not what church is. Um, it's, it's so much more than that. It's a family. Um, and COVID really highlighted that. And I, I know there was, there was a ton of people once, you know, churches were shutting down and we were shut down for 10 or 
12 weeks, I think, yeah. before we reopened and just said, we're staying open. Um, and uh, it was during that time of, of how many people were saying, oh, I get it now. There were yeah. so many people at our okay. church who were saying, I get it now, because I miss gathering. Right. I miss hearing other people sing. I, I, I miss seeing my brothers and sisters in Christ and being encouraged and being able to encourage. We saw that happen. But then at the same time, while we're learning to value that, it's like church went online, church went even more mobile, mm -hmm. <laughs> and more and more you're having believers who are saying, well, I don't really need to gather. I can just watch the service on my phone. I can just watch the service on my own. I don't really need anybody else. I did miss everybody, but I'm not going to lie. Watching church every now and again in your pajamas from the couch, like, <laughs> I didn't hate it. I, did, I was happy to come back, and I was glad when all that was over. But it was really easy to get your kids church to church. Church in your jammies was like, okay, everybody. You can watch church from the trampoline I mean, with bags on your feet. A cup of coffee. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was. Well, and there was a point, too, in that. and Because, you know, for me, at least, like, I forget how ridiculous some of the things happened with COVID and just a constant changing week to week. Um, there is a great movie out there. The essential church if it's it's in theaters it's, it's awesome um but it talks about that but it brought back memories for me like at some point the only thing open was mm -hmm. churches schools were still closed church yeah. was mm -hmm. open and that was all there was no, no competing sports nothing no. else going on so that was like one of the few things you got to go to and, and yeah. people came back in droves and we saw how essential church was but then as everything opened up and life went back to normal it became you know at least i don't know for some, it was, you know, you start to out go, but other things started to pop up too. Yeah. So it's more of putting, a pull to do other things too. You're pulled and, in different directions. Yeah. Right. And so, and so what, what happens? Well, first of all, I, I think it's important to establish from scripture, maybe um, what, what is the gathering? I mean, what is, is it vital? Is it important? What does God really want from us when it comes to gathering together as his saints? Yeah. I mean, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 talks about us gathering, it says, um, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together uh, as is habit of son, but encouraging one another. Um, so, I mean, we're called to, mm -hmm. to meet together. And one thing that verse reminded me of is that this is not a new issue. No. That if it's scripture true. is saying, don't give up on meeting together. It means that there's always been something about <laughs> humanity where we have resisted the idea of meeting together as the yeah. church. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a good point. I also think of Acts 2. 20, uh, 42. Yeah, is that where you're going? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Go for it. Yeah, I know. So Acts, uh, it's Acts 2.42, uh, when the church is first being formed in the day of Pentecost, um, you know, it says they devoted themselves to uh, apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and, and of the prayers. Um, so, I mean, fellowship is one of those key things that mm -hmm. we're supposed to be doing uh, in Christ. We're not made to be uh, solo individuals. And I think there, they were in, it, before that, it talks about that they were regularly in the habit of meeting daily. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a once a week thing. I mean, we're, we're talking daily meeting together in the temple courts and in homes, breaking bread together. I also really love First Peter 2. Um, it gives the church an identity, a mm -hmm. chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And it, verse 10 says, once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you, you have received mercy. And it's hard to, hard to read that and see us as individuals out on our yeah. own. That yeah. once we were a scattered people, 
and we were. I understand that when mm-hmm. we, when I did not know Christ, I was living as an individual. And the more I, the more I know Christ, the more the people of God is my collective identity. I'm not, I'm not on my own. I am, right. I am a part of the family of God, and okay. I, I am convinced. And this, I won't go on a soapbox, but I am convinced that that the generation that comes after me, that our biggest hope in the church is seeing ourselves as a family, that mm. that everybody desires to belong somewhere, but we're missing a big piece if we don't see, our, see us as a family that we belong to. And I think that's a huge part of why we come to church or not come to church is whether we see ourselves as a part of a family where it matters whether you show up or not. That is lockstep with, uh, you know, first Timothy chapter five, where, Mm -hmm. um, Paul instructs Timothy, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. So here's Paul talking to young Timothy, literally giving him familial understanding of the people and within his congregation that he is to treat older men as fathers, older women as mothers, uh, you know, younger men as brothers, and younger women as sisters in all purity. I mean, this is this is God's desire <laughs> for the church, yeah, that we literally see one another as family, family, mm-hmm. because that is exactly what we are. Well, and so often it's one body, right? We're, we're mm-hmm. one body in Christ, and, and we are that family, um, and we can't do this life without a family. We're not made Amen. to. Um, we weren't, I mean, go back to, to Genesis one. We we're not created to be alone. We we're created to do it in community. Um, and it's also for spiritual health. Like you have to participate in church if you want to be spiritually healthy. Um, if you go to the gym, you're going to the gym because you want to, you know, get stronger, work out. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing for your spiritual life. Like mm-hmm. church is that gym, you know, if I'm using that analogy, um, that's how you grow. Um, it's one of the ways you grow in Christ because you really can't do fellowship without being a part of a church. And, and a church is not, you know, a house gathering, right? You right. have elders. There are specific things that makes up Christ's church. Um, and it's also for corporate worship. And, mm-hmm. and that, too, God talks about how he is to be worshipped. Um, he has a lot to say on it, actually. And, and part of that is coming together as a mm-hmm. family of believers um, in Christ. And, and, and it's not just hearing a message, um, or having experience at church is also serving. That's part of it is serving in church. Yeah. And there's so many different aspects you can be involved in serving. Um, there's so much need in, in the body of Christ that, that so many people have so many different talents and gifts that they can do. Um, and that's an important part of, of church. I think often we think of it as kind of that American ideas of like, it's a sermon, maybe a little worship, Hopefully it doesn't go over an hour and a half, you know, <laughs> keep it a little under, right? But it's so much more than that. It's the start of something Yeah, um, yeah. that I think, you know, it, and that's why we have this podcast, to have that larger conversation. Um, it's not just on Sundays. It's the start of your week, right? It's to be in fellowship, to grow in community yeah. with believers. Yeah, I think it's important to go back and to recognize all through Scripture all through the Old Testament, when we're watching Israel, when we're watching God grow Israel into a nation, into his people, when he's given them his law, when he's reiterated that law in Deuteronomy, especially we get a ton, um, you know, that, that as, as God is doing this with his church, as he's growing uh, his people, his people are constantly gathering. 
They're a gathering, singing, assembling, preaching people. <laughs> yeah. It's always within that context. So much so that, uh, you know, one of my favorite Psalms, uh, some, some people listening might have heard me preach on this, but some of, some, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 73. Uh, because you have Asaph, who, by the way, is hand-selected by God to lead the assembly. He was like the first worship leader, no <laughs> right. officially, your staff. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Um, you can read about that in First uh, Chronicles 16. Uh, but, like, you know, he's, he's hand-picked by God to lead the assembly in invoking the name of God and thanking God and singing praises to God. That was his job description, and he did it playing cymbals somehow. I don't know. But, like, that was his job. He had a big role. He was you should also, try the symbols. Yeah, I should. Uh, he was also a prolific songwriter because we have his psalms. We have his songs that are written for us. And 73, Psalm 73 is my favorite one because it's this, it's this beautiful symmetry going on where the first half of the psalm, you know, from verses 1 through 15, he's just lamenting the fact that he was questioning God and he, he was angry with God and he was you know, angry because he saw the, the wicked thriving and he saw the righteous perishing and his whole theology is shaken, right? And so he's just lamenting, why have I even stayed faithful to God? And anybody, I mean, I've, I've felt that way. I've been yeah. in my heart and in my mind just very much like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. Man, I'm tired, you know? Right. And he's beat down and he's tired and he's looking out at the world saying, what am I even doing this for, right? And then... <laughs> Verses 18 through 28 is some of the most beautiful scripture in all of the Bible where he's making these statements of, God, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. Afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? There's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I mean, the most drippingly beautiful language. And it's like, what changed? Like at the drop of a hat, and it's just these two verses, verses 16 and 17, right in the middle of this psalm, where he writes, when I was trying to understand all of this, why the wicked are thriving, and, you know, it seems like God is unjust in all of these things. He says, when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task, verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Mm. And literally that word for sanctuary is the assembly. In other words, it's like Asaph went to church. (laughs) He gathered with God's people heavy on his brain. And he's supposed to be leading them, right? And he gathers with God's people. And then he, it's, it's in that gathering. It's in that context of coming together that his mind is snapped back where it needs to be, where he's reminded of the goodness of God. And he's reminded of what will happen to the wicked inevitably. Mm. Well, and how many times, I could say for me, like have you been in foul mood Sunday morning for whatever reason and getting to church is such a battle. And then when you're at church and you're singing or you're listening to Eric preach and you're like, okay, you like, this is what I needed. Like whatever the battle was to get here, whatever the inconvenience, however many kids had gallon plastic bags on their feet, (laughs) you know, before you got here. (laughs) I mean, it was worth it. And your mindset changes. It really yeah, does. Absolutely. Like you can feel that in your body. Like, okay, like and I, 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 I made it and this is why. I, I can't count how many times, like whether it was a, a long week or whatever, like I just want to sleep in and like, no, you know, even just in my own internal struggle of like, I, I can miss a week. Like it's not a big deal. Right. Yeah. But then you show up and it's like, I feel like that sermon was written for me. Like, <laughs> you know, like I feel like that kid, it, just so convicting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because I mean, cause going to church 
doesn't save you, right? Like, you know, a church service doesn't save you. That's all the work of God. Um, but it's, it's that, it's almost like that mental battle of like, it's that response. That's our first step of faith in Christ, knowing that, you know, if Christ died for us, he died for the church. I mean, it says multiple places, like Christ obtained the church with his blood. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think thinking of that, that not lightly also, you know, can create that of like, yeah. I, I shouldn't take church lightly. Right. Well, and do you feel like living in the U.S. where it's easy for us to go to church? I mean, we don't have yeah. anyone stand. I mean, besides ourselves standing our own way, but like, there's no one being like, I'm sorry, you cannot worship openly yeah. your God. Yeah. Like, it can cost you in other places. Yeah, it, it costs you an hour and a half of your time, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. The cost is nothing really compared to what yeah. in other countries people are up against, and it's like we take it for granted. I would I would hear stories from my great grandmother uh, who lived to be like 102, smart as a whip till the day she died. Uh, great woman of God. And she she would tell me stories of going, you know, horse and buggy, the sticks in rural Mississippi in like 1910, right? Oh, wow. And she so looked forward to going to church once a month because this is way out there and the Methodist preacher would only get out there once a month, right? Mm-hmm. But everyone looked forward to that Sunday because it was the one Sunday where they would stop their work and everyone would come from miles around walking or riding a mule. <laughs> mm. And they would come to church. And it was like the social, this was where kids got to play together. Yeah. This was where families got to gather together, where they would share food together, where church was an all-day event. And it was, it was the most cherished time for her, some of her favorite moments. Because that was, that was, those, those were the times where she would literally see other friends and, you know, family. Yeah. It's such a far cry from today. Yeah, like is, like yeah. there it's treasured because you understand this is my lifeline. Out here, we you know, in the land of options and <laughs> endless possibilities, um, we treat it as a commodity, and we act like consumers. And if I don't get what I want here, I'll just take my business elsewhere. Yeah. And that's how we treat, as you said, the bride that Christ died for, yeah. without recognizing, no, that's not at all the way that we are intended to view church. It's not a social club. It's not a social hour. It's not... Uh, some place where we go for, for good, wholesome entertainment, you know? No, it, it is, it is to do true life together. Um, and, and I it's think family. Yeah. it's family. And I think, I think we saw this towards in the late nineties, early two thousands, the boom of mega churches. And, you know, when you have 10,000 people in a church, like you can go on a Sunday and you can really go without knowing anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that once COVID happened, I think that ideal of like just watching from home and now don't get me wrong. There are, there are, you know, people who are mainly immune compromised and things like the, maybe they can't get out, you know, and that is a very value, awesome thing that we have in our society now. Um, but to do community, to do, um, to be a, a, a church, we have to be a body of believers that are meeting together regularly mm-hmm. and to really sharing each other's burdens. It's not just about coming and hearing a message that is great. That helps you grow but it's also how we get involved and how we serve and, and how we um, raise up the next generation with kids. And, and it's and an opportunity, them. I think, to be the hands and feet of Christ, to live out how yeah. we're created. You mm-hmm. know, we're such individuals by nature in America now. And I, I am naturally a very independent person. And one thing I realize is I'm also as an extrovert, so to the extroverts out there who realize their high people need. Um, I look forward to coming to church because I have a need for the people who are here. Mm. And that's a humbling reality for me to Mm -hmm. admit. 
But I have seen in my adult life that as I grow in maturity in Christ, I actually need Christ more and I need his people more. Not Mm. in, hopefully in an emotionally healthy way most of the time. I'm working on that. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Keep, that's that's my own issues. Um, But that I can recognize that yes, God designed us to need each other, that we are Mm. irreplaceable as we are uniquely designed by him. We are irreplaceable in his church one for another. Yeah, And that there are people who I look forward to seeing on a Sunday morning because they encourage me in a way that nobody else does. Mm. And that that helps me to continue to walk well with Christ, to walk well in my marriage, to walk well as a parent. Um, And one thing we were talking about before we started today is just even the example for our kids that I realize I don't want my husband and I to be the only example of walking with Christ that my kids see. That's kind of a scary Amen. deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I need them to see a lot of other people and I need to, them to see people who are out ahead of me in season of life, yeah. who see that the seasons of parenting that feel really hard <laughs> aren't going to last forever. Yeah, We have friends in the church who are exactly 10 years out, 10 years out ahead of us in parenting and how many times they remind us that the seasons are going to pass and I'm grateful for that but it feels real serious today but it's not until I show up on a Sunday morning and watch them kind of giggle at the crazy elementary school shenanigans that I realize these seasons are going to pass and that's that saying that they always say you know if the days are long but the years fly by and and having those mentors who um who have gone through life like Mm -hmm. we need we need it on both sides you know that's often being in, involved in men's ministry, it's often what we talk about is, is we need older men, you know, mentoring younger men and, and you know, middle-aged men, you know, mentoring younger men, because that's one thing that, you know, as we've gotten kind of like you pick your, choose what you want in church, some of that discipleship has, has gone out. And, and that's one of the reasons we need to be in a body mm-hmm. of believers, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week is to grow and to keep each other accountable. Um, because, yeah, life is hard enough. Um, I couldn't imagine it without the church mm-hmm. and other things that we're not alone. Um, and and I think we we all, sometimes people often forget like we're just all sinners. Like we are, no church you're going to go to. They're they're constantly we're going to be offended by people and as as a family is. And it's important to yeah. ha- learn and practice those spiritual gifts that um, Pastor Eric was talking about today in Ephesians five. Like you can't really practice patience if you don't have a situation to have exactly patience. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? If you don't or have Sunday morning trying yeah. to get your kids to church, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's important to remember that um, exactly what you're saying, like to have those mentorships are so huge. So listen, listen to Colossians chapter three. I'm just going to read this real quick. Paul writes, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs 
with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. What I find fascinating as I read that, in light of this context right here, is it's impossible to follow an inch of any of that apart from a gathered community of people, of believers. That's what stands out to me the most. Even the language that's being used, I mean, it's, it's really hard to forgive people if you're never around them to mm-hmm. have them hurt you. Um, it sounds it's, easier, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. That's actually the lifestyle I prefer. <laughs> you know, even, even putting on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I love the concept of harmony because it requires multiple voices. Mm-hmm. In yeah. Singing different notes mm-hmm. in, yeah. order, in order to make something truly beautiful. Um, the peace of Christ is to rule in our hearts, plural, to which you were indeed called in, in one body. Um, we're to allow the word of Christ to dwell richly. We're to teach one another, admonish one another. I mean, these are, these are assumed phrases. He's not telling us to teach and admonish one another. It's assumed we're teaching and admonishing one another and singing. It's assumed we're gathering, really. And, and that's what I find so fascinating is we, we have these few explicit commands, but really throughout the whole of Scripture, there's this assumption that yeah. God's people are gathering together. Um, it used to be in, you know, through, with the Old Testament law and, and with that sacrificial system, it was coming sometimes daily, you know, to, to bring your offerings. You, you had the Sabbath where you did not work and you were to focus on the goodness of God and the, and the provision of God and all of that. But after Christ, we see that shift from the traditional Sabbath day to the first day, mm-hmm. really every day when they're gathering, we saw in Acts chapter 2. Um, but we, we still have a dedicated day, a kind of a Sabbath day, a Lord's Day, we call it in the Christian church. Sunday, typically, where we gather together. That's the sole purpose of that day is for us to cease our work, to gather together and to be reminded of the goodness of God, of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We are to sing together. We are to teach one another. We are to admonish one another. We're to forgive one another. We're to support one another. The list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. There's just not a lot of room left for this idea of, that seems to be pervasive, of the church gathering is, I show up one hour max, anything more, I'm leaving. (laughs) I show up for one hour a week, expecting God to just kind of magically zap me with holiness, I guess. No, it seems to be, but that seems to be kind of the pervasive mentality that if I do this enough, somehow I'm going to get closer to Christ or. No, uh, Sundays in the church is the focus of your entire week. It's not something that we're supposed to add on to. Not 100% perfect in my own life, but like, you know, it's true. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's one of those things like that should be our mentality. It should be um, Sundays are, and kind of like you were talking about, it starts on Saturday. Um, but that should be our whole view for the entire week is yeah. our Sunday. Sun- our lives should should be revolved around Christ church and the body of believers um, and everything else. You know, what I do for work, what I do for fun and sports mm-hmm. should be everything after. And often in our society, that's not the case. It's something you do for an hour and a half. Um, and, you know, we'll pick it up again next Sunday. Um, but really, <laughs> yeah. it should be what is driving our entire week. Um, right. Which is one of the, I mean, it's one of the reasons that changed to the first day of the week, right? Giving God first uh, all of our weeks, um, all of our days. And that's, that's one of those things where that's kind of a, a mind change to, mm-hmm. to maybe even how I was 
race with church. Um, but it should be grounding us for the rest of our, our week. And I think it's an opportunity, you know, it is, I'm not the first one to say that we live in an ever more polarized society where mm-hmm. having your own individual opinion is celebrated, it's encouraged, and even though we're all diverse and different and our testimonies are different and the ways that we came to know Christ are different, when we come on a Sunday morning, we are called to love each other mm-hmm. in perfect unity to create mm-hmm. that harmony yeah. of different voices, yeah. but singing together. And I believe that that is the testimony to the world. It's a witness to a world that is becoming Absolutely. more and more a drive in and put your garage door down and hang out in your own backyard and never see your neighbor. Mm-hmm. I believe that the church can still be the light of the world. Amen. Yeah, that absolutely. is yeah. not done. God is not finished writing that story, but we have to gather. Yeah. If we're going to be the light of the world together, there are more than 61 another verses in scripture and it's we all learned through COVID, it is way harder to do one another when you're not in the same <laughs> yeah. place. Very true. It's just not logical. Yeah. And I have compassion again for those who cannot do it as easily. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my heart, right here and now, I hope that you are hearing only love, that it's not as simple yeah. for everybody as it might be for me. But I do believe that we're called to practice the one another in person, in the flesh. And it's so hard because sometimes life just gets in the way, like Mm -hmm. everyday life, kids, sickness, every, I mean, so many things, um, at least when I think of me personally on Sundays, I haven't come or, or I've gone, um, when I could have or should have, um, you know, it's, it's that justification, but it's also like in my own mind, like, oh, you know, it's, it's not a big deal, but really it is a big deal because we are called to, um, so we do everything we can to, to, to be here and to, to but to also serve and, and to have be in corporate worship. Mm. Yeah, so the gathering serves so many vital and essential purposes for the growth of any follower of Jesus Christ for our sanctification. Um, it's also, as you said, Kristen, it's a it's a witness to a watching world that our God is great. Um, it's it's and you know when we're gathered together and when we're forgiving one another as Christ forgave us, that's you know a perfect image of what of what Christ has done for us, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, there's so many different reasons for gathering. Um, I would, I would, I, I, I guess I would just argue that maybe the reason why our culture tends to treat it so frivolously or so flippantly, like it's not that big of a deal, is we're looking at it strictly through the lens of what can I get out of this as opposed to what does asking the bigger question really what is what is god's design what is god's purpose for this and as you've shared you know part of that is for our sanctification because as we sit under the preaching of god's word as we are reminded of his goodness and we sing about his goodness (laughs) um, over and over again as we hear his word preached and read as we're praying prayers as we're taking communion all of that reminds us of the goodness of god and when we're gathered together it reminds us of the gospel of jesus christ and that slowly sanctifies us but it's also as we are giving ourselves to one another, we're learning self-sacrifice and we're learning how to love and we're learning how to forgive and we're learning how to exercise patience. And God is working that into our lives as well. The more that we gather together, not just on Sunday, but throughout the rest of the week as well. Uh, It's a great testament to our children who are watching to say there is nothing more important 
than God's word and what God's will is for our lives. There's nothing more important than the gathering of God's people. All of this shapes our kids inevitably in one way or another. I think there are a few things that happen on a Sunday morning specifically, too, Mm. that our children will never naturally see Mm. if they don't watch us do it in the Sunday morning context. A few of them that come to my mind are praying for one another, laying hands on people and praying for people. That's good. Communion. Um, yeah. I maybe had another one that I can't think of right now. Baptism. But and baptism, baptism. That was yeah. the other yeah. one. Thank you. Uh, things that the scriptures command, mm-hmm. but that not only our children, we just will never experience outside yeah. of a Sunday morning or rarely outside of a Sunday morning experience. And I yeah. want my kids to see that I had a hurting friend this morning and I hope not for my glory, but for God's that yeah. one of my children walked by and saw that I had the privilege of praying for a dear friend this morning that they would know that as they grow and mature in Christ, that that's a part of being in the family of God. That's good. And I mean, every one of my kids will tell you that I'm a baptism crier. Oh, I love I them. Love Me too. Love I love them. And, and that I hope and pray. It's a topic of conversation pray. every single time. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. right. What a, what a topic of conversation for lunch afterward mm-hmm. for us to get to reiterate what is baptism? Why does mom cry every time? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and... And that is discipleship yeah. of my children that could not happen if we weren't here on a Sunday morning. As my my Kellen would say, those are happy tears. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Happy tears. Yeah. So gathering together is God's will for your life. Uh, whether you believe that or not, listener, um, that is God's will for you, that you be gathered together with God's people. <laughs> um, that's a vital part of your life. It's a vital part of your growth. Um, the church needs you. Uh, because the fact is, you know, God has gifted each one of us, and those gifts are to be utilized. They're to be used within the body of Christ for the edification of uh, other believers. Um, they're to be used for helping the hurting. They are to be used for admonishing those who need to be maybe knocked around a little bit. That's been me at times. John, I'm going to interrupt you for a, qu- yeah. a second because I think there's somebody out there who might listen and say, I'm kind of a quiet person. Mm. I am pretty non-emotional. That Kristen girl who's talking about baptism crying, that sounds crazy to me. <laughs> I i show up to church, mm-hmm. but I don't know. What do I bring here? I think it's just good for us to popcorn a little bit of like, yeah. oh, what man. what is the role of the person who's not the microphone person, who's not the warm hug? What's that person's role? Because we haven't convinced them yet, I don't think. One, come as you are. Um, you you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be your act together. Because um, I can tell you, everyone in this room, we don't have our act together. You don't um, need to know scripture perfectly. You don't need to know scripture. You don't need no, to even you know. come with soapy bags under yeah. you. Can. Come with soapy bags. <laughs> Absolutely. If you are, if you, if you love trampolines, this is a place for you. <laughs> Definitely a place um, for you. But you have a gift, and you don't have to know what that gift is. That's no. why there are elders in leadership, um, and and people who are more mature. Um, in, in Christ, um, who, who can help and point you to, um, one, what gifts you might have, mm-hmm. um, and how we are all called to serve, mm-hmm. um, Christ. And that looks like different in many different aspects of, of Christ church, because there are so many needs and there are so many needs that we probably all in this room don't even know right. that the church has. Um, so there is a place for you, I would say, and you don't have to be on a microphone. You don't have to be in front of people no. and you don't have to be a hugger. So, or, or a crier, um, all, all are good, but yeah. So I think there's, there's a place for you. I think 
would be my and response. I would, say, I would say too, this is going to sound really unromantic. We'll see if this gets cut or not. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I, I, I think sometimes it's, it is the act of obedience that opens up the answers. Um, you know, but if, if you know that it's what God has commanded you to do, you step out in faith and you do it. Um, even if it's just showing up mm-hmm. and looking for those opportunities, because you may be somebody where, yeah, you don't, you're not necessarily joining this ministry or that ministry, but maybe you really do have an eye for identifying people, mm-hmm. somebody who needs prayer, somebody who maybe it's a mom and you're on the other end of it and your kids, your kids are all out of the house, but you see these struggling moms mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. with their little ones, just barely getting to church. Even the simplest thing of an encouraging word or a helping hand. Um, all of these things are, are ways of living in harmony. They're ways of showing up and being used of God in a way that maybe you didn't necessarily expect. Um, but the bottom line is you're never going to find those things if you don't first at least show up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if that's. Yeah, no, I mean, sense. and if you are one of those moms with a lots of littles running around, there is moms of littles that also <laughs> meets you know, throw a plug for that. Yep. So there's Good a place plug. for you Added. to like talk and to be with other moms who are in the struggle like you are, because it is not easy. It's 24 seven. Yeah. Um, never getting a break. So that is a good place for you. Also, I started thinking about, like, you know, there, there might be those listening who, you know, you don't want to come because honestly, one of the reasons why we don't want to come to church sometimes because we're struggling with sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, you know, I don't want it to become into the light. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be convicted. Um, just come. You're not the only one who is dealing <laughs> with whatever sin you're talking about. Um, and that's one of the things that keep us, like, just personally, I can, I can think of my own life when I was younger. One of the reasons I wouldn't want to go to church. Yeah. Um, if I wasn't living a lifestyle I knew I shouldn't be living. Um, so yeah, there is a place for you and you're not alone. And there are men who have been where you have or women who have been where you have and mm-hmm. can help you walk through it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so that's the first step um, in anything is, is you got to show up, you yep. know. And then on the other side of that, we as the church get the opportunity to practice what we preach. That if we are saying all are welcome here, yeah. then what a joy to say Yep, we're as as an old friend of mine used to say, we're all just bozos on the same bus. <laughs> <laughs> we're all sinners, and yeah. um, come and be welcome here. Yeah. That you would know that Christ is the one who heals us and um, bears good fruit in our lives. Yep. Yeah. So moving forward, as we as we wrap this up, practically showing up on Sunday morning, what does it what does it look like to prioritize? the Sunday gathering. And then this doesn't mean that, you know, hopefully what you're hearing isn't, you know, that Sunday morning is all there is. Um, hopefully what you're hearing is Sunday morning is just the, the bare minimum. That's, that's, that's the beginning piece to the whole rest right. of the week. And um, we're not saying you, you can't miss a Sunday either. We're, you know, vacations having things come up, you know, well, people get sick. I'd say you've been on vacation. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to visit other churches. That is true. Um, yeah, it was, it was mentioned earlier, uh, and I, I think it, it bears repeating. Um, I think one important lesson to, to think about is that, you know, Sunday morning begins on Saturday night. Uh, you know, keep in mind, I mean, when, we, when we're gathering together on a Sunday, that's not meant to be a spectator sport. And yes, this is, this is the worship leader getting on the soapbox now. Uh, this is not, you know, when we get together, in, in no way, shape, or form can you read Scripture and walk away thinking that, your job or that any of our jobs is to show up, sit in a pew and not participate. 
we are to be participants in worship. We're literally coming to do the work of worship. <laughs> that's what it means. And so when we gather together on Sunday, that's our anthem day. That's, that's, we want to come prepared. We want to come ready because it's not about us. It has everything to do with him. The whole purpose of our gathering is to give praise, glory, and adoration to him. It's to surrender ourselves to him by sitting under the preaching of his word. Uh, it is to offer an offering of praise to him with our lips and our hearts and our minds. It's to engage and to be reminded of the truths of his word, of who he is and of what he's done, and to encourage one another in the midst of that um, as we sing and as we open his word and as we encourage one another. And so Sunday morning is supposed to be very much a participatory event, and there's not really anything left for, you know, sitting out and spectating. That's not really the design of it. And so I would argue that, you know, it, it begins on Saturday night by getting to bed at a good hour and even being willing, if you've got kids, to say, you know what, kids, it's time to turn it all off. It's time to go to bed at a certain hour because why? Sunday's coming because mm-hmm. tomorrow yeah. is the Sunday's Lord's day coming, yeah. and we want to bring him our best. It begins on that, su- on, that, on that Saturday night. I love what you said, Kristen, even as a couple of reading through the upcoming passage, which if you've got the bookmark, it's on there, of reading through the upcoming passage for that following morning to begin even on Saturday night, preparing your mind for what God's going to say and what he might want to say to you and how you might want to respond to what he says to you from his word. But, you know, Sunday morning begins on Saturday night is, you know, one good starting point, I think, for a lot of people. I think something even just um, practical in nature is like, I spent 30 minutes this morning ironing clothes before church, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I could have probably ironed the three shirts and dresses <laughs> and whatnot last night, and that would have made my morning, yeah. you know, go I'm a little bit more I'm impressed that you still iron. That's a... I'm impressed, yeah. Uh, thanks, I, I don't even thanks. iron. Mm-mm. And I, I, I can't tell you, and I'm just going to say this, it's usually guys, so guys, pay attention. It's usually guys that I hear this from the most where they say, you know, well, when I show up on Sunday, I'm just I just I'm just not that into it or I can't really find emotion in the gospel, which eludes me a little bit. I mean, maybe because I'm just an emotional guy. I don't know. But men don't have guys. Listen, men don't have a problem with emotion. For instance, when your sports team is absolutely dying on the field, (laughs) you feel it when you're live at the event and there's some big come behind victory from again your sports team you feel it and you show your excitement (laughs) yeah by throwing your hands in the air screaming as loud as you can jumping up and down it's not a question of whether or not you possess emotion it really has more to do with where probably where has your mind been all week long And if it's not focused on God's word, you're probably not showing up to church very excited to hear what, God, what he has to say. Um, we get excited about things we care about. We show up early for things we care about. <laughs> That's an LBC thing right there. There's a reason that the tailgate party exists too. That's exactly right. <laughs> before and after. Before and after is because we're excited yes. about the victory. 100%. It's never a question of can. Sometimes it is. I take that back. Sometimes it is. It's rarely, though, a question of can. It has more to do with will. And 
where is your heart? Where is your mind six days a week? Because if it's not focused on the things of God, if it's not in his word, if it's not at least connecting with other men and other and your family, your church family, at some point throughout the week, either through a small group or a Bible study or even just touching base with people, you know, to, to connect with them, um, chances are we're not showing up all that excited because we're showing up with the, you know, God's just kind of ho-hum to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had a wise mentor in my life give the recommendation one time just as a way of cultivating thankfulness and processing the full experience Mm. whether you're a journaler by enjoying it or a journaler by discipline that the practice of spending taking a little bit of time after church to journal about your experience that's good of yes what did god how did God grow you and teach you? But some reflection on who did I really enjoy connecting with today? Who ministered to me? Mm. It cultivates thankfulness in my heart. It prepares me for the coming Sunday. And I get the opportunity to process with God. If there was somebody that I had a hard time with in that day, then I'm dealing with that right then and there with God and completing the experience by also just taking that time to reflect and to pray. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. That's really good. You know, and, and also that maybe this is for those who have kids, but even for, you know, even if you're single, even if you're listening and you're single, people still make you mad on your drive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's You right. know, manage your expectations and give yourself some grace. You know, when, when God, I, I, I don't think God is aloof or, or ignorant to the fact that when we show up in the mood that we're in, you know, that we're not in the mood we're in. Um, God knows these things. He, he knows our hearts. He knows our minds. Um, if you, you know, prepared on Saturday and you woke up Sunday and the kids are in a bad mood and nobody wants to be going to church and it's it's a whole thing, or if you're single or, you know, just, you're a couple and you're driving to church and somebody cuts you off and makes yep. a nice gesture. I mean, there's all kinds of things that put us out of sorts. Maybe we respond in a way that isn't most holy and we're on our way to church and immediately we're thinking to ourselves, man, and now I got to go sing about Jesus and now I got to go you know, what kind of a person am I? Oh, you I can turn get, this car around. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, that one. Mm-hmm. manage those expectations. We're all human. We're all made of the same stuff. We're all bozos on the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all made of the same stuff. And, and, you know, when we show up here, I've, I've, I've grown to hate that phrase, you know, leave your baggage at the door. I don't think that's the intention at all. Again, no. when we gather together, we're gathering together to do the work of worship. Bring your stuff with you. Bring it in with you and surrender it to God. And if it takes you one or two songs of just being reminded of the goodness of God and how amazing he is, let that happen. But manage those expectations. Um, I read something online. It said on talking about Saturday night, said prepare for the inevitable fight or spilled milk. I'm amazed at how often something goes wrong on the car ride to church. I believe this is often Satan's strategy. He needles us in the car Mm. on the way there or out the door and does whatever he can do to get us grumpy and discombobulated by the time we walk into the sanctuary. Yeah. And I said, hello, how many times has that happened? No kidding. Well, and I love a part of the role of the church that I'm so thankful for as a parent is that I I don't have the power to change my kid's mood on a Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah, no. I have tried in many ways <laughs> and I just don't have the power to do it. But yeah. even their own exposure to somebody else who might ignite joy in their heart can shift yeah. their mood. We yeah. often sit with a dear friend of ours who's more of an extra grandparent to my kids. <laughs> and so many times my kids come in grumpy 
but after an extra grandpa hug, they're kind of fine, and I'm happy to let him do the work and not have me do yeah, the work right? in that moment. Yep, yep. And and I would I would argue even you know for those kids, it, it it communicates so much of the importance and the essential nature of the church and your place in the church when mom and dad still fight to mm-hmm. get there, mm-hmm. regardless of how we're showing up. Yeah. Regardless of what the kids are wearing. <laughs> You know, who dressed to shoes, no shoes, you know, regardless of it. Hey, we're here. We're here because there's something bigger. There's something much bigger than this going on. Um, We're here because God has beckoned us. God has called us and in his goodness. He has given us the grace of being a part of the family of God. That alone should just make us, you know, I I never want to miss that. Never want to miss that. And Kristen, to your to your point earlier, uh, for those who might need help, maybe there are some who are listening and you're thinking, man, it seems like the church has maybe forgotten that you're not able. Uh, maybe you can't drive. Maybe you can't get, you know, transport to church, whatever that looks like for you. Or maybe there is something, uh, you know, that, that keeps you from being willing or able to engage with, with other people. Um, please reach out. You know, please, please reach out to any of the pastors or to call the church office. You can call John Harrell. Um, <laughs> please reach out to us here at LBC because we would love to make sure, um, if at all possible, even if it means just sitting next to you on a Sunday morning, um, we would love, love, love to do that um, to help you uh, find steps towards, uh, you know, being able to use your gifts and use your abilities as God intended uh, here within the body and within the family of LBC. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, uh, you are an essential part of the Church of Jesus Christ. You are a member of God's family, a son or a daughter. If you are in Christ, you are a part of the church and you are a vital member of it. God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you. And uh, that is to be lived out in community with God's people. Uh, don't come on Sunday morning just looking to get, get, get. Come willing and able and ready to give, to give your best to the Lord, uh, to give uh, your gifts and abilities in service to your brothers and sisters in Christ, and to see how God grows you and what God does with that to his glory and to our good. The LBC Podcast is a ministry of Laurel Glen Bible Church in Bakersfield, California. Hey, if you're looking for a church family to gather with, to worship with, We would love for you to come join us. Our services are every Sunday at 8.30 and 10 a.m. We have Bible studies for all ages throughout the week as well. There's lots of opportunities to gather together with God's people and to develop godly friendships and use your gifts and abilities the way that God intended. Please don't be afraid to reach out to us. For more information on any of these ministries, for more information on anything at our church, you can go to laurelglen.org. God bless.